Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, let's get Adam Silver for a couple of minutes because his time is tight as uh, we talk a little bit with the NBA commissioner. Commissioner, welcome. How are you? Thanks. I'm great, Mike. Good. You know, uh, obviously you caused quite a stir with uh, your proclamation. Uh, and how, is it, how has it been received inside your, uh, inside your league? Which proclamation was you that? You know, about all your changes that you wanted to make. Oh, it's, it's interesting. I, th- I think on one hand, people know we need to make changes and that, that you, you, you can't stay static that we need to innovate just like every other business, but people also are afraid of change. And I think some of these ideas that have been floating around for years, for example, um, uh, in-season tournament, um, uh, potentially reseeding teams as we go into the finals, that's one one of the concepts we're talking about, and play-in tournament. All of those concepts have been floated. We've looked at a million different permutations of them. And now I see an opportunity to move forward with the 75th anniversary coming in 21-22 season, sort of what, what, what I'm putting out there is let's try some of these things and we don't have to make the changes permanent, at least initially. Let's, and let's, and, until, I think until you actually, in, in, in real game conditions, try these different formats, we're not going to really know. We have a G League, so we, we can experiment there with different things. But it's, I, I, again, I don't think... Sports is no different than any other industry or any other business. We're, we're not immune to changes in viewer habits, um, to ch- you know, changes in society, changes in technology. Something you've talked a lot about, and I, and I think we got we got to keep up with the times, but at the same time, maintain what's great about our game, and it's and it's always a balance. And like I I think I hear from people who are traditionalists and say if you make these changes, it makes certain records less meaningful. I understand that. But on the other hand, even when people try to compare Bill Russell, for example, to Michael Jordan, to LeBron James, nobody's willing to just look at the stats and say, well, this points per game. Therefore, this player is is better than another. They say, well, it it changes dramatically from generation to generation. And so that's that's my view that, and, and, and I just lastly, I'll say that, you know, somebody said to me the other day, a CEO of a technology company that, He's predicting there are going to be more changes in the next five years than we've seen over the last 40 years I agree when it comes him. to media. And I, I believe think he, that. I think he's right. I, yeah, I, and, and I don't and, know what they all yeah. are, but I, I think you can see it coming very, very quickly. I mean, the cable model's dead, and there's no question. And I think your sport, to be fair, because I'm puzzled by your ratings being down as much as they are. And I think it is because you're in the middle, you're caught in the middle of this transition to streaming and maybe your audience is a little more caught in it than some other audiences are. I think that might be the case. Uh, and I don't know if that's true. I don't have any data to back it up, but that's just my gut feeling on it. Yeah, well, and, and, and I do have a lot of that data. And on one hand, something you and I have talked a, a lot about, you know, in terms of your son and the engagement for yes. our players um, yes. through video games and, and through fantasy and just through whole, the whole gamification of our sport. But, but that young audience, 
certainly those under 18, but particularly 18 to 34-year-olds, which is sort of a stronghold of the NBA, are not watching cable. They don't watch TV. They don't watch TV. The numbers for that group are over just the last four years. Their decline is close to 50%. No question. In terms of their viewership of television. And to your point, I mean, and, and this is where we now have to push for change because even older folks like us, when we sit down, we're, when, we're, when we're deciding what to watch, and I think where cable still maintains an, an, an incredible dominance is when it comes to live sports. But if we're, if we're not watching live sports and then looking to entertainment, we're like everybody else. You're looking at Amazon Prime. You're looking at Netflix. You're looking at Hulu, YouTube, you name it. Great programming comes from everywhere now. And so the, the, the cable model has, is still being held together through live sports. But the problem is if our viewers are no longer there. And part of it is also the environment you're in. Because if, you're, if the network you're on is not a full-time sports network, it's not necessarily the place that those sports fans, and especially those young fans, are already watching. You're not and getting so promotion. They're not, yeah. they're not yeah. seeing the promotion. No question. And, and, Which is and, critical and, to TV. Yeah. Critical. And the last piece... And, and I think, think about if you live in the, in the New York market, you have the NBA, of course, on MSG with the Knicks. You have the Yes Network um, for the Nets. You have ESPN, N- NBA, occasionally ESPN2. You have ABC. You have NBA TV. You have TNT. And then so, and I hear this from my friends all the time. I hear this from fans. They say, well, I'm, I'm on Twitter. There's an alert. There's something interesting going on in the Nets game, for example. I don't know where to find it. And it's not, and and there's no easy Google for sports television. No question. And, and, I, and, and, I, and, and I always and I think, thought that was a problem. And, and the, good, the good news, though, is, and I think we are caught a bit in a transition, that these are problems that can be solved through technology. Because I know as a fan of lots of sports, I may not be watching as much baseball and football, for example, as I watch basketball, but, you know, grew up in this market, big Yankee fan. If I... If there's an alert and there's something interesting, it's going to the ninth inning, tie score, you know, one hit or whatever's going on. Like, the problem is I'll see that alert, but I can't just go click and have that game appear on my phone. There's there's multiple steps. It may need to be authenticated if you're a cable subscriber or you may need to open some other app or do whatever else. And I think those are all problems that can be solved through technology. So at the end of the day, I think one of the reasons that our sport is so strong, our franchise values are so high, is because people still have confidence in this incredible content. And, and at the end of the day, I think the game on the floor is only getting better. It's getting becoming more global. The pool of young people playing it is only expanding. More, of, to me, the great athletes are moving to, to, to basketball. So I think, I think long-term we're in great shape. We just, we just got to navigate through this transition right now. There's two things. If I if I didn't have twelve and uh, uh, thirteen and fourteen year old boys, I would think that you were using that stuff as an excuse. But I'm telling you, the ratings belie your popularity, especially with young boys, because I can tell by mine how much they know about the NBA, and and they know more about the NBA players than they do baseball players or football players, and they love all three sports, but they know more about the NBA players, uh, and they're more engaged than the NBA players. So I know that, and I wouldn't if I didn't have them. 
I would think you were making it up because the ratings aren't there. So I do think you're getting hurt there. But here's one thing where I think you have to make a correction. I think it's killing you is the idea that I can look forward to a game and then that star player is not playing in that game that night. And now there's no rhyme or reason. There's no warning. There's no injury. There's no explanation. And that is something where I think I know I feel cheated and I think the fans are feeling cheated. Yeah, and I hear you. I'd say, first of all, that as much discussion as there's been around so-called load management this season, the majority of the instances where star players have been off the floor has been because of injuries rather than resting. And in fact, if, if you look at our national games, the ESPN TNT game so far, there's been virtually no resting, but there's been a lot of injuries. And we have a, it's part of the problem in the NBA, and I think this ultimately maybe can be solved through technology too. We have to make decisions essentially in late July as to what games we're going to are, are going to be featured right. on our, our network partners, so we have a load of Golden State Warriors games. You do. Nobody anticipated that you know Zion Williamson would be out, and you put in, and you put in, you front loaded Zion like crazy too when he's not there. Yeah, so that you know, that, that so, was a tough break. Yeah. So, but 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 again, on, on the resting, I hear you. I, I I don't I I don't think that's the ratings issue we've had so far. But but it's it's a very fair point, and I think for whether people are buying tickets, people watching our games on television, it's understandable if we're going to be a star-driven league, they expect to see those stars. And again, it's something we're spending a lot of time on, whether we're at the, whether 82 regular season games is optimal, something we're looking at, obviously, as part of the experimentation, the 75th anniversary, we're talking about cutting the season, a, a few games, we're, we're doing a better job in terms of our actual schedule in reducing the back-to-backs we've completely eliminated four games out of five nights which used to be a regular occurrence in the league and 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 ultimately i mean what what's so interesting is to, to me injuries are the real plague i understand the criticism about resting but i think if if we all with confidence thought it was effective that if if a player sat every so often that it really meant you could you could decrease significantly likelihood of injury and and lengthen their career I think we'd be even doing more of it, and that's the problem. So, so it it just maybe as as we figure it out, we're gonna we we're either gonna have to change the, the 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 format of the season, maybe spread it out more. Maybe it's not the number of games, but it's the amount of rest between the games. It's we, we all I can say is we we're putting a lot of resources at this issue, and and it's it's an it's a fair and understandable criticism. Two things: number one. In my lifetime, no league has cut down the number of games it's played in the regular season, not one time. Can you get that done in the NBA? Well, it's, it's, it's one of the things that's on the table for the 75th anniversary. For the Are the owners reluctant? Season. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. I, I, I'll use an example from, from a, another industry. If you look at what Disney is doing, I don't know if your, your boys are watching Disney+. Plus. We have it. I, I, I bought it. We have it, yes. Yeah, you know, and I, I, I have a daughter who is. Yeah, I have a daughter too, so di- yes. Yeah. Di- di- Disney's made a decision that um, they're going to, in the short term, sacrifice significant revenue that they would have generated by licensing their programming um, for a long-term decision to have that direct relationship with consumers through Disney+, Plus, rather than licensing their programming to others. And, and I always use that example to say that I think what's hard for, it's not just our team owners, but you know we have a revenue-sharing deal with the players. If we reduce the number of games, it's less money for everybody in the short right. term. But then, right. but then the issue is, is that something over the long term where we'll ultimately build more value in the league? And by value, I'm not purely measured in dollars, but cre- 
but of course that's part of it. But are we going to create a better product? And it, by, by having players who are better rested, who are healthier on the floor, because, you know, the, the issue just isn't keeping them healthy. I think any fan knows you can often see in a player when a player's coming off a back-to-back or is playing on a long road trip, I mean, you can just see it in their legs, even the best-conditioned players. It's just, it, it's just the, the nature of this sport. It's they're, they're running a marathon every night. No question. And, and, and so, you know, it, there, there are plenty of business. And, and, and you know, I think Bob Iger, who's the, who's the CEO of Disney, I think it took a lot of courage to make the decision he's making because in the short term, I mean, he's been very open about this in the market. He's, he's sacrificing literally billions of dollars of revenue for, to build long-term value. And I think that's the way we have to look at it. I can't say I have the confidence that, Bob Iger did in making that decision as to the future because I, I think there's the science isn't as good as people might think it is, at least from what I've seen in terms of resting. I, and I think it's one of the reasons why take a player like LeBron James at his age, 17th season in the league, he's not resting at all. No, I mean, he, well, he, he got, he, he got a lot it. of time off for him. He didn't play, he didn't play in the yeah, postseason for the first time. He probably feels great. You know, and if you look at, you know, obviously – Michael Jordan, who's an owner in this league now, he didn't believe in it when he was a player. I was at, no. I was working at the league at the time, and I actually, there's some players who think that when they they take a night off, they arguably are increasing their likelihood of injury because they get out of sync. You know, it's like even even I'm sure a lot of your listeners who are weekend athletes who work out every day don't like to miss a day. You know, it's not it, and and load management. Just to be clear, I mean, it's not just about minutes in a game. I mean, the load management done properly, it's, it's about amount of sleep. It's, um, how, you know, how hard they're practicing. You know, it's, 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 there are a lot of other factors that go into it. But no it's, it's not quite the science a lot of people make it out to be. Right, and a lot of this is something that was started by Tom Brady, who's ageless. So uh, he's a, one of the guys who's the forerunner right. of this. Um, the other one's a little provincial. Uh, do you feel at all over such a long period of time, not in the short run, but in the long period of time, it has hurt to have New York down, the, the Knicks down for such a long period of time? I, you know, I'm not sure. I, I, I would just say it, it would obviously be great in, in the country's largest media market to have a high-performing team, one that's winning more games on, on the floor. On the other hand, you know, that it sort of goes to the, discussion we've had before about your kids that increasingly uh, with every game available through digital media league pass on apps and national broadcasters that um i think the the market is less significant than it used to be all things being equal sure you like to see big city teams be successful but you know it's 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 at, at, at the end of the day, you know, you just you want to see teams compete the best they can, and I, I I think what's healthy for the league is for players not to have a sense that they need to be in certain markets in order to be successful. And maybe honestly, that's hurt the Knicks in certain ways because a player now realizes they can be in Indiana or San Antonio or Oklahoma City, and if their team is winning, they're going to be globally famous, and 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 all the endorsements that follow. And I think. Back in the day, 
there were much larger economic differences between being successful in New York and being successful in a smaller market. So hey, that, in this that, house, that, the that, favorite players are Westbrook and Booker. So you know, yeah. that's the, that, yeah. no, that's the, those uh, are the two favorite players in, in this house. So that those, you know, just right. to give you an idea. So uh, that is true. But I just think it's been such an extended time, and I agree that it's more talking to my audience and thinking of us and how great it is when Madison Square Garden's alive. But it has been dormant for such a long period of time. I wonder if it has at all hurt the product. It's hard to say that it has, though. I don't know that it has, but it's just been a very long time. It has. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, yes. And that's why you keep hearing all these rumblings that you're going to, you know, get involved in something, which I'm sure you're not. But, I mean, it's just that, you know, that you would get involved in, in some way uh, in, in the franchise, which you wouldn't do, right? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. It's, it's, it's not my role. And, and of course, you know, I, I work for 30 teams, and the 29 other teams want to beat that team. And they're and, and and not to say that my getting involved, what that would mean anyway, and and necessarily that I'm in any better position to know what to do. I I'm just saying that it's it's it, you know we set the rules and then you know try to have a level playing field and then it's for the teams to compete. You have some interesting young players. I mean, uh, what what uh, Doncic's become is unbelievable at such a young age. I mean, he's already one of the five best players in the sport, and, and, and you know you see that where that franchise is now and where it's headed. But he is an incredible player. I don't know if everyone's seen him yet or spent a lot of time watching him, but he is an incredible basketball player. Just and, and he's a baby, and he's a baby. This, this is my pitch for League Pass. Whether you get it on through television or through an app. I mean, it, and you want to watch every Dallas Mavericks game because Luka Doncic, to your point, is spectacular. Yes. And, and, you know, I'll just, talking about Luka, it's, it's an interesting discussion, too, about youth development. This is a player, um, Slovenian, when he was just 13, he was signed by Real Madrid and went first to their junior programs and then came up, and essentially when he was 16... He was playing pro against obviously big men um, in, in the Euro League, and it's an interesting issue as in terms of what's the right path for development. Because I hear often, even in terms of our G League, that young players sh- are better off being in college. Now, put put aside academic issues for a second, just talking basketball, they're right. better off in college because they'll get beaten up by grown men if they go directly into the G League. But then you look at a player like Luca who's strong, but he's not a big man necessarily. And, and you know, th- this isn't football. This isn't where you're getting necessarily physically beat up. I mean, you get, might get pushed around by, by larger players. But that these, to see the way he's developed, and, and I remember watching him when he was 16, when he was on Real Madrid, and that that development, that kind of experience as a young player, and then to see him at, I guess he's 20 now, roughly, you know, to, to see how far along he is and the confidence and and swagger said in a positive way that he has on the floor and he's he's a joy to watch and um and it it causes me to think a lot about you know not just one and done but what's the right path you know to developing great players in this day and age and look no further than golf and tennis where you know players are often moving into academies at a young age i i just think it's it it it's caused us you know, it's not just Luca, but but only the latest. And and I think it's the other thing for Americans to look at. You know, with twenty five percent of our league now made up of international players, and and look at, um, uh, uh, you know, Giannis, uh, you know, Tedekumpo in Milwaukee. You know, again, the caliber he's playing, and again, you know, uh, grew up in Greece 
and came up through their system. You know, uh, uh, Pascal Siakam, you know, from Cameroon. Who's a tremendous you know, player. It was a tremendous player. I, I, yeah, I just really think that, 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 you know, it's, it's a competitive world and it's, sports is no different. And, and I think we got to look what's the right balance, too, especially with young elite players in terms of developing. And, and, and your interesting thing, back to sort of rest and injuries, the, the part of the problem with our current system is when, when a Luka Doncic goes to Real Madrid at a young age and he signs a five-year contract, they have no incentive to overuse him. And I think now, and, and, and through our youth basketball system, it's not just AAU, and there's some good programs in AAU, so I, I, I don't think it's necessarily fair to sort of make it all about AAU basketball. But the incentives often are for these our top young players, you know, 15, 16 years old, to often be playing six, seven games in a weekend tournament. And, and as something I've said before, in Little League, they have pitch counts. And, and what we're seeing in our league, and I think this is part of the problem with these, with these injuries, that our orthopedics are saying, as these players are coming to the league at 19 right now, they're seeing wear and tear injuries in these players, in their knees, in their ankles, um, shoulders, that they used to see when players were in their late 20s. This is a massive problem in every sport. They're doing orthopedic, they're doing surgery on eight-year-olds now. On ACLs. Right. I mean, they'd never right. seen those before. I, there was a big story on it the other day I was reading. This is happening all over the country, so you're right about that, Commissioner. I know you only have a couple of minutes left, so, uh, uh, you know, I, we're talking with the NBA Commissioner, Adam Silver, about, obviously, everything that's going on with this league. And I, I think people were stunned, so I think they think the league is, is really hurting right now, which I don't think it is. It's just a transition time. Uh, in how you're producing television, but TV, so much is your grade. How do you, in closing, how do you send the message that you aren't hurting because of these uh, very, very suspect NBA TV ratings? Well, well I'd say, look, we're, we're a quarter of the way into the season. I think for a lot of fans, our season begins on Christmas. I mean, we recognize that football is incredibly powerful. I'm a fan, too. And people only have so much discretionary time to devote to a sport. And so I think this sort of the, the last few months uh, of the year, the beginning of our season, has always been a time where there hasn't been as much focus on our league. So, so that's number one. Number two, as I said, in terms of those ratings from the first quarter of the season, if you look at our national games, and that's what we're talking about in terms of those ratings that – are being published um, in two thirds of those games. We had significant injuries of star players. Right, Golden so State, that, and, and obviously, it. and it, obviously Zion too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm including him, and and right. that's that's where, um, you know, it's it's the downside, frankly, of a star system. You know that you know what, what was the Jerry Seinfeld joke that the NFL you're rooting for laundry. You know, it's that it's it's you know if you're a Giants fan, you're a Giants fan. You Absolutely. know, and it's not. And I think in the NBA, it's it's it's, it's great on one hand that. Your kids can be fans of Devin Booker, and are and and they may not be huge Phoenix Suns fans, but they're following particular players. But then when those particular players are out, ratings are going to drop. I, I'd say, you know, lastly, just in terms of state of our league, if you look at other indicia of popularity, social media, for example, you know, it, it's off the charts in this in our league. I mean, on a global basis, it's it's actually an incredible number. We have something like 1.6 billion people follow players, leagues, team, you know, related entities to the NBA. Our what is tenants- the most important source for you? What is the most important place in your mind uh, on social media or in that world for the NBA? What, what is important you know, for you? I, I, I'd say for me in the U.S., it's likely Twitter. I mean, okay. there's, a whole, what, there's a whole community that people refer shorthand to NBA Twitter. 
And I think for whatever reason, our fans have taken to that platform maybe more than others. Instagram is huge as well. Um, Facebook remains popular. Um, but, but you know, I... But I, Twitter, I think those, you say Twitter those, those first. But last thing, I just say, sorry, what did you say? You say Twitter first, though. I say Twitter first. I okay. also just to finish your question. I think, and we see it in terms of um, merchandise sales. So if if you look at all these other indicators for the leagues, there, there's amazingly positive things going out. And I also say that dips in our ratings. This is nothing new, and you know, especially early early in the season. I I I think the sport's incredibly healthy. So um, the last thing I'll say too. I mean, in addition to the discovery issue of finding our games. One of the other things we're spending a lot of time on is how our games are produced. And, and again, this goes to our younger fans. When, and I put it in a broader category of, of gamification in there. I mean, for older fans, yes, is sports betting coming? Absolutely. You've talked a lot about it. It's, right. it's here. It's legal. It's, it's, you know, roughly at this point, something like 30 states are, in, you know, engaged in either have passed the legislation or about to pass it. So that that's very apparent. But in addition, I think what we're seeing through... 5G technology through decreased um, so-called latency, that, that the ability to overlay all kinds of new data, you know, that the sort of these these new statistical fields that that you know to measure speed of players, the the height of the leap, things like that, that that all these different ways to engage fans that we didn't have historically. I think it makes the live sports experience that much more special, that that much more engaging for fans, especially when there's so much other programming out there that doesn't need to be watched live. I think there's something that really brings in a strong community ar- around sports. And so that, that's why I'm, I'm so bullish on our future. Well, listen, I know you have to run. Thanks very much, Adam. I appreciate a couple minutes. Thanks. Yeah, and, and good luck to you, Mike. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Commissioner. Thank you. Adam Silver, uh, back after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.